and welcome to the Common Thread Collective here, MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco. It's a beautiful day here in the Mission District. We hope you come join us on tw- at 21st in Florida. We're right at the corner, this funky little spot that we call home here at Mutiny Radio every Friday. Hey, Dave. Coming through. There's room for each and every one of you. Just coming on through. The sidewalk in front, our cafe area, and here we are in the studio. Such a beautiful day. You know, hey Val, hey Val, I've just come down. I've just come up, down up, uh, on this beautiful day from the Federal Building, where people are gathered. Where people are gathered. So once again, we have a, a Donald Trumpism. I've taken the United States, taken this country out of the rest of the world, out of the 140 nations, every nation but Nicaragua and Syria, worked for months, for years, to put together this climate, the Paris Accords, this deal together, where they can work together, poor nations and rich nations, to um, bring to, uh, to, to, to attempt to avoid, if possible, the climate uh, crisis, which is just over the horizon. The next decade, so just over the horizon. And about 150 people, so beautiful, gathered at a moment's notice. Thank you, uh, Christopher, who put, the, who made, put out the call. Uh, but, but, no, I don't know more. Uh, many other groups came, came together to, to, uh, to walk, to talk, to play music, to say, hey, Donald Trump, that doesn't work for us. So I've come up there. We'll be hearing more as the show goes on. But meanwhile, hey, Val, here's our brother Budflower, who's going to open up. And then we have our sister agency, who's going to play some guitar. So, hey, Budflower, take it away, bro. He always did.
beautiful. All right, blood flower. Blood flower. I could feel the freedom in your in your in your fingers <laughs> as you danced over the black and whites. That something has happened, and I could feel the liberation. Hey, blood flower. So good to have you here as a member of our collective. Yeah, that was really cool. And um, what I ended up doing is putting on a couple of the other microphones out there, and I and I could hear the birds outside as well. So I think we got a nice mix of piano and bird. Well, I could feel, and I could feel the whole atmosphere is such that we're sending out there. We hope that I feel to each and every one of you, however it is, at your laptop, at your handheld unit, however it is, you're joining with us. And now we have, and I'm so happy, it's so amazing, it's so delightful. Remember, Ella, remember Agency. Agency is back. You might recognize her, although she's moving right along with her, with, with the work she did, with her work, which involves a guitar and singing. So uh, without further to do, or I do, here be Agency. Take it away, Agency. Take what you offer Provided you give me some time To think it out Trust it is fleeting Essential and perfect Hard to hold on to And slippery at best But I know when I love I know certain but don't take that as me not wanting you the tenderest moments are etched eternal the uncomfortable times cannot detract time spent in arms of yours gives me Resolve reminds me my purpose is beyond my works.
Agency. It's so lovely to have you back. You started playing and I went, oh my God. And Dave said, what? Is the mic not working? I said, no, I just remember her this song. <laughs> it's such a beautiful song. And I said, what a great... And uh, Agency, she's come back from the East Coast, from Massachusetts, where she, among other things, she's been uh, exploring an educational career. In other words, she's been in school. But she's back now, and she's going to be back. Uh, well, she'll be back uh, later and do a set. Uh, a set. Uh, so that's so beautiful. So hang on in. New songs and, for you. Uh, later. Uh, and why don't you put? Uh, could we put some recorded music on or something that could follow that? Of mine. And because uh, we got the theater. <laughs> we got the folks. I'm talking about Gabby, and her, and her, uh, and the, the, the brothers with her. And they're, they're, they're part of the theater of others, and they're here to talk about what looks like an amazing play called The Roaring Girl, or Matt Cutpurse. We'll hear more about that, but it sounds amazing, and it's an amazing story what brought us, right, that brought them, brought her right here to uh, the Common Thread Collective. We'll find that common thread. So take it away, Val. All right, I'm going to play a little music from the Voodoo Cabaret. They're going to be performing at the San Francisco International Arts Festival this Sunday uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. They're doing a special feature called Rise Above Racism. They're going to be doing songs in tribute to the Black Madonna and also songs that they've... Um, that they've kind of redone themselves uh, that originally came from the Underground Railroad, the escape route of... Uh, southern slaves to the free quote-unquote free north so uh the voodoo cabaret so this song is called open the door and if you want to find their music they're on Bandcamp. baba baba elegua open the door
All right. That was music from the Voodoo Cabaret. Uh, Go check them out at the San Francisco International Arts Festival this weekend. They'll be playing Sunday at the Fort Mason Chapel at 6 to 8 p.m. So here we are, Dave. It's Friday, and we've got our, our guests, our first set of guests, really, in, yeah, I wanted, in the studio. Exactly. I want to introduce you to uh, Gabby. Hi. And Glenn. Hola. Welcome uh, and, to the uh, Commonplace Collective. And they're doing a play. And this is Gabby's first outing as a director in this beautiful theater. Is the, the YMCA there in the Tenderloin. A beautiful theater. Wow. And the name of the play is The Roaring Girl. And uh, or Matt uh, Cutpurse, and that sounds like a name from uh, uh, a name from what name for this is a play that takes place in the 16th century, and uh, and uh, Matt Cutpurse, the name sounds like a, like a character in a play from that time. But oh, I was, it's actually Mall the uh, Mall. Not Matt. Oh, Ma, my vision. As in Molly. <laughs> I, I have to, Mile Cut Purse. I ain't got it. Mall Cut Molly. Purse. Oh, that's a real that Barbary soon. Coast sounding name. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, also sounds like, uh, oh, that's, I'm trying to think ahead of my, my mind. Uh, Brecht. Bertold Brecht. Burton Brecht. Mm-hmm. And they took, uh, he, his, uh, he was their director. But his, uh, his uh, p- partner, uh, it was a play about a mall, about a cut purse kind of person that took Mac play. the Knife. Mac the Knife, thank yes. you. Yes, it is a bit like, like Three Penny Opera oh, and Mac the Three Knife. Three Penny Opera. I was yeah. in my head. I got so much up there to go through like this inside my brain before <laughs> yeah, I got you to Mac the Knife. I knew, well, I knew we would. Somehow mm-hmm. one thing would lead to another. I'm talking about, uh, so we're talking now about uh, Mac the Knife and the Three Penny Opera. And so we have that style and so But I want to step back a bit. I want to tell you all, because it's pretty amazing how I first met, uh, uh, how I first met... uh, uh, Gabby and Gabby. Oh, okay. I'm on the bus. I got on the bus at at Cortland and the Bayshore, waiting for the the bus to take me to the airport. I was going to the airport because that was the day people were flying in and they found themselves being held in a room because that was the day that, uh, or should it be that, uh, that Trump, that Trump had banned people from nine different countries, and people were going to the airport. Where is out going to the airport? Word of mouth, KPFA, word of mouth, going to the airport and saying, "Let them out, let them loose." People have been flying in from these nine countries, and they're whisked out of the line and put in a room. That's all they knew in that the airport. The airport security didn't know is, is that they can't come in. Put them in a room. Is that right? So we turned up. We turned up as a huge. It turned out to be a huge crowd of people. There had been the mothers' mar- the women's march. Wow! And this one. Wow! So I get on the bus, and there, holding on to uh, holding on to a bar on the bus, holding on, was Gabby, to a woman who turned out to be Gabby. And of course, a, a, a conversation ensued because that's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. She's kind of she have a conversation ensued, and uh, we got to, and that made the, the before I knew it, we were at the airport, because the conversation ensued, and time can pass really quickly when an interesting conversation ensues. Right, yeah. Gabby? Yeah, and and you know, it's, I'm I'm glad we ended up talking because. I wouldn't say I'm normally one for chatting with any old person on public transit. I'm, I'm an introvert, and 
I've, you know, met a few creeps on the train in my time, but (laughs) in this case, uh, it really worked out well. This old person, with this old person, not any old person, not some weird old man, but a weird old man, but anyway, we're in a conversation. (laughs) Weird old man in a good way. That's right. I met Diamond Dave on a bus, too. Nice. (laughs) That's what I do. I call it bus work. Bus work. Not busing, busking, but busing. Bus work. <laughs> yeah. And so we get there, we're at the airport, and we get off and walk into the walk into the lounge, the international lounge, and it's packed. People from everywhere, regular people, any old people, a lot of young people, people from everywhere, a lot of young people, a lot of people who seem to be new to activism, they were there, and it was packed. And if I had been in the, if I had gone up been in there alone, I would have been, uh, what, alone? Uh, I don't know the same with you, Gabby, but mm-hmm. we were in there together. Yeah. We were in there together, and it's much more interesting, much more amazing to be with somebody else who can share a few comments and be there with somebody. Is that right so far? Yeah. And so we were there, and in the court, and all this was happening, people were speaking, all this was going, I was amazing. Let them loose. And somehow, at the end of the conversation, I'm not sure how, Gabby let me know, that although she seems like a uh, like a person who describes a quiet, uh, inverted kind of person, as she described herself, she said, "I'm in the theater." I said, "Beside my head, what?" And it turned out she was in this uh, Shakespeare play, and it might have been. Uh, well, that was around when we were doing Merchant of Venice. Merchant of Venice earlier this spring. And of course, yeah, Merchant of Venice. And I'm a Jewish guy, and that's why I'm really interested in all of that. And I said, well, I do this radio show. Why don't you come down? That was some months ago. Since there have been many things. But here you are. Here I am. Here I am. The last and that, that particular show is over. But, yeah, but, but here we're you here are. with our next one. I didn't say the show was on. I said, here you are. And even more, you remembered. And I thought, I give you my phone number. And I thought, was it something I said or did? did I, was I overly friendly? Did I was a weird old man because I never heard from you, but then suddenly I did. About another march, I didn't, oh, about the May Day march. But anyway, so we're back, and then I hear about the play. That this is a play in which you are a director. For, this is your first time out as a director. That's right. I've been, you know, acting since I was a kid, um, and I studied theater in in college, and I've been doing uh, dramaturgy kind of the literary side of the theater production, but this is the first time that I've directed a whole production. Please define for me the word dramaturgy. I think I know, but I think I'd like to know. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, it's it's got a sort of a couple different sides to it, um, but what I have done um, recently since since becoming part of this company, which we'll, we can talk more about if you want to hear that backstory, um, is since we mostly do classics and Shakespeare, it's a lot of studying the text of the play itself and the backstory and the history that relates to it and kind of getting everyone the historical context and helping the actors with parsing the details of the text because I always say, you know, if the actors don't understand what they're saying, there's no way the audience is going to understand what anyone's saying. So this is a branch kind of... Yeah, you kind of, you got to kind of tease it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Dramaturgy, it's a theory of theater. I can see what you mean. I I took a dramaturgy. Is a theory of theater? Yeah, I mean, that's that's just one aspect of it. Overall, you know, it also includes uh, working on new plays, editing scripts, working with, with playwrights who are 
live now as well, well that's a whole side wonderful. of it that's not a whole take, new take like they have a whole new take on, uh, on the study of literature itself yeah they came out of some of these french guys you can you i think you'll know your names <laughs> the french these french uh, new critics mm-hmm. new critics who began to look at the word we're gonna learn to think well there she is okay uh, judy is with us and her hair is green hey judy this is judy berg and she's here about another play about the diggers but we'll get to her soon but dramaturgy like i when you i think the reason why you came up with brecht so fast yeah. and three penny opera yep. is studying brecht and brecht's theory of theater and the three penny opera is definitely part of what that dramaturgy is about definitely okay well it's an inter- that could be a whole interesting uh, interesting subject that i'd love to go into because these uh, the, the the theorists it's called and the effect they've had on American on the literature, and how you look at a, look at the word, and how you study the text—that's it—is to me a wowsy. Because mm-hmm. at 79, I'm way before before English, before the study of English and theater was kind of was 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 kind of boring in a sense. <laughs> in a sense. In a sense. So a director, let's go directly. Yeah, to let's that. talk about this this particular play. We're so about to get to it. The, okay. There's one question. I oh, one more. Okay. One more question. Got it. What is it to you? What do you? What, when when we say director, what do, what does that mean to you? What is a director to you? A director could be made, a director. What do you do? What kind of what what do you do as a director of this play? Huh. This play called uh, the Roar, the Roaring Girl. Tell us, director. <laughs> well, uh, huh? I would have thought that was much more obvious than, than dramaturgy. Um, it's but not obvious. It's not too much of dramaturgy. It ceases to be obvious. People love Because you're doing, that. you start, you found a play, The Roaring well, Girl, which is a... Did you, were you yeah. also in the casting, you, you casted folks and... I did, yeah. I, um, yeah, I cast, you know, who was playing which role. I, uh, I, I, approved who was doing the various designs, although uh, Glenn helped out a lot with, with recruiting people that he knows um, for for the sets and the lights and the costumes and things. Um, so we both uh, did some work on that. But, but you know, I run all, all the rehearsals and many. tell people where to stand. And Directing consists of being the visual, to uh, visualizing yeah. The piece. It's Planning a combination it's of the like. dramaturgy and exactly. an approach to the play that will assist the actors in the interpretation of the part, right. but it directs them into certain interpretations, wow, not just by way of um, the dramaturgical background work, but also in the imagining and visualization of the pictures on yeah. the stage. And, and it's in who they, well, who the who the live live people are, and how they can fit into a character and become that character. Yeah, and it's not um, you know there are, there are many different styles and approaches, but to I me it's it's back. not a an authoritarian thing like you are all my puppets and I will place you precisely where I want. I that doesn't work for me. I tend to you know try to let it be as collaborative as it can be with myself this time oh, as the sort of so key pin, the person at the peak of the yeah, sometimes branching you just, pyramid. You let actors where, you know, do something is, yeah, and do it their way, their and then you go, well, that's great, do more of that, or 
how about yeah and then I, I kind of try to come in and refine and and let everyone's ideas be I part of the process this is good that you were putting this out there because i uh, people uh, with radio people need to see in their head something something going on so you're like sitting and the front seat are there in the theater at first, mm -hmm. and people, and then then you can get up and go up on the stage and move people around, and talk to people actors to give them an idea of how this, uh, how you visualize the, the visualize that particular role, and uh, the whole is written yeah. as some of its parts in that case. Pretty much. Hell yeah! Now how did you, now let's go to the we go to let's cut to the chase. Mm -hmm. Now this is a play. I uh, now this is the ro the Roaring Girl. Did you play pick the play? I did. Um, actually, I, I picked the play uh, before I picked the function of director. So uh, wow. when, yeah, it was, it was last year sometime after oh, I'd become year. a member of our, our theater company, which, which is run as a kind of a collective. We don't have a we don't have a hierarchy. Glenn is the the founder, but um, well, that's, well, several founder. of us are, are semi-in-charge. That's how it charge. should be these days, and that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, uh, I am. I, I did it in partnership with a friend who's uh, not been able to continue with it. So rather than run it myself, which was never my objective, um, um, I expanded it into a group of people who had the energy and the interest and the time right. to be able to... Uh, uh, work um, collectively and to make uh, decisions by consensus and to take turns heading up projects. Well, and when good. we sat down to decide what we were going to do over the next two, three shows, it was like, okay, you take this one, you do this one, and what play would you like to do? And then we support each other by performing in the plays or doing production types of duties uh, or um, or simpler things like house management, just some way to support each other's well, projects. And so this is the, is this the theater of others? Theater, theater of, others, of others, yeah, that, uh, that's a line from Hamlet, actually. Uh, and it, uh, but it kind of says what we are, you know, because we are the others. There are, are a number of theater companies in the Bay Area that are dedicated to doing mm -hmm. uh, Shakespeare and classical work, at least for the most part. And so uh, we are the other ones. We're the, and also we do the other plays. It's our goal to do the productions of Shakespeare plays that are not usually done. We've wow. done um, Measure for Measure, and Merchant of Venice is not done very often. Gabby's sure, selection right. is uh, goes way off the end of that scale. Yeah, right, and that, I'm talking about how did you how did, how did you find this? Is a, how did you find the roaring the roaring girl and decide that's what you well first of all. I know it takes place in the 16th century, but does it come from the 16th century? Yeah, well, technically 17th century. It's six, okay, 1611, okay. so very oh, early. Right. It's wow. the bridge of the two. Yeah, well, so that's a... So this is Shakespearean times that this play was done. Shakespeare's right. still alive. He was, he was. But Middleton and Decker, Thomas Middleton and Thomas Decker are the playwrights of this. It's a collaboration, and they're a little bit younger than Shakespeare, oh, but God, from I've the same... Yeah. But Middleton, I've heard that you've, name. You've heard other things so you've, Middleton. But, but, so you've, uh, the uh, ambiances plays uh, you said they say classic but plays that go back plays in which you have to take up do you take a play from the from its time and mm -hmm. render it render it here in 2017 render it uh, today into something that can be uh, available to people accessible to people mm -hmm. you can come up with a word for something to happen mm -hmm. today well some of them yeah. we've done modern dress we did uh uh, we did Merchant Venice and also uh, Much Ado About Nothing in, in modern dress. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and Merchant was, was supposed to be kind of implied to be in the near future. Like, wow. it wasn't really, it wasn't like Star Trek era futuristic, but more like um, 
just a few years down the road. Slightly, yeah, veering a, a little toward dystopia, but not really there Shoot. yet. And of course, uh, Shylock, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing in my mind, Shylock to do it in modern dress, to do it with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with our... Uh, well, with the character that we have about anti-Semitism and yeah. Shylock being a Jewish guy and how do you play him in modern dress? Mm-hmm. I'm a Jew myself and there's many takes on who Shylock was, some positive, some negative. Some mm-hmm. people would say we should not even play a play May Merchant yep, in Venice oh, yeah. because of the anti-Semitic thing. But you could take Shylock, turn it around and make him another figure and get wet into a kind of a sad character. And yeah, and, Sh- and Shylock has, has been interpreted many ways over time from a villain to... A, a tragic figure, and and we um, we really uh, wanted to to sort of lean into the ugly side of Merchant and not gloss over the anti-Semitism that is there and and confront you know the characters Truth. that are that are very anti-Semitic. Truth. Um, I'm you myself. Me too. And so was or the guy Shalom. playing Shalom. Uh, <laughs> no, actually. The guy playing Gratiano. So I played Portia and, and you played Portia. Yeah. Um, this was interesting. So so Gratiano and Portia are the two characters who are really the most cruel to Shylock um, in their different ways. And those were the two who actually had real life Jews uh, oh, really? playing them. So I, I I I liked the And so we the don't have a time up to play like that. Do you take time at the end for where we could get questions from the audience mm-hmm. and get discussions? And if people have anything they like to say, they can say it. Yeah, we do. do we yeah, do we, we always try thing. to do that. It's not always a lot people of people don't always stay for it. They don't yeah. always. But, but if they're interested, yeah, we'd like to. We really thought we'd bring up a lot of questions really. at this particular and the, show. And you're Glenn. Glenn, it looks you're you're like the older guy here. And look at Glenn. He's kind of like a Buddha kind of character. Uh, he looks. Look at Glenn. What a character! I wish we had. Like, once again, I wish we had visual. Well, this Glenn. is Gabby's show. I'm gonna let her talk about it. Yeah, you know, okay, you're right. Yeah, I'm so here to talk about you. our company, and Gabby's Perfect. here to talk about this about play. Perfect. Yeah, you got so an instrument. You're gonna play a little music too. Oh yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah. yeah, there's a song in the show, well, so we thought that. we would try and we'll do that demonstrate too. We'll if we can. Go ahead, Gabby. Okay. I'm talking. He's ready. Let it flow. Tell us about this particular play. All right. We're getting down to it. So thank you. So this. Play um, well. Do you want me to start with the the story of the play's story, or the story of how I got to be doing it now? Because there's a little more to that too, which is interesting. But maybe that'll come after. Yeah, she has the... a long acquaintance with this play that's finally yeah. being uh, being able to be put on stage. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I guess they sort of go together. Actually, I discovered this play um, in my my second my middle summer of college, I studied abroad at the Globe Theater in London. Um, my, I went to, to Washington University uh, in St. Louis and they were in charge of a summer program there, although it took students from a variety of schools. So I, I got to go on that with some of, a couple of professors uh, who I already knew and some of my friends and we studied uh, in London and did these acting classes and also some history. Um, and we had to write a paper and my I was interested, I was really interested in um, plays like uh, Twelfth Night and As You Like It, where they've got this um, this dramatic trope of the girl in disguise as a boy. It's also, you know, the main story of Mulan. Um, I think um, Sweet Polly Oliver is kind of the, the trope namer. I, th- I just, I thought this was kind of a fun thing and I was, I was curious about it and my professor said, well, you have to read The Roaring Girl. And I hadn't heard of it at the time, but I did, um, and I loved it. And I wrote my final paper for that class about it, and I did a 
scene from it for our, our acting showcase for that class. Um, and then uh, when I became a senior, I, I based my senior thesis Where around that, that, that concept. What school were you, were you talking about? Uh, Washington University in St. Louis. Okay. Yeah, and I was in, in London when I, when I encountered London, the play. Sure. Um, so what's going on in this play, uh, it's based on a real person, Mary Frith, uh, better known as Mall Cut Purse. Um, not to be confused with Mall Flanders, although it's kind of related, but that's a that's a different. That's by Daniel Defoe from about a hundred years later. Um, but a, a lot of people have, you know, I've I've mentioned this, and people have said, "Oh, is that Mall Flanders?" And, no, not the same. Um, but also, you know, other classic literature. Also, a uh, character in uh, Three Penny Opera as well. Yeah, very similar, similar milieu. So it's it's set in London, uh, 1611, and and these playwrights decided to basically make uh, a fictional version of this real person who I think they probably knew personally um, because the epilogue of the play actually promises that, you know, if the play wasn't good enough, the real mall is going to be here next week. Um, and she really did uh, perform, uh, not acting, but actually playing music. She played the the uh, viola da gamba, I think. Um, so it it seems to be that that really happened. What the the epilogue of the play suggests um, that there's historical evidence that then they did the play, and then you know the next week she came and, and did this music performance, um, which I think was still uh, illegal, although she wasn't acting in a play because this at this time uh, women were not allowed to perform professionally. Um, there were, you know, private shows and, and court masks and things that had actors of of all genders, okay. but uh, in the professional theater, only men were allowed to appear on stage. So, hmm. so they had, you know, the uh, the younger boy actors usually were playing the girls' parts, um, and that's part of the you know another whole layer behind the the popularity of this cross-dressing trope is that underneath it all, the the actor playing it was actually male. Um, so it was almost always, it was three layers at least, sometimes even four. Because um, it's about a girl dressed as dressed a boy. Dressed as a boy. The, but the character is a girl characters dressed as a boy. Are, right. But, but then, then the, the actor is a boy, a boy playing a girl dressed, dressed as, as a boy. boy. And in As You Like It, you get four <laughs> because then she sort of plays a exaggerated version of herself. So uh -huh. it's boy is girl is boy is girl. This is on the professional side. This is uh, yeah. Not a, but uh, but what uh, what I'm hearing here, was there's a whole bohemian underground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so 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 Mal, So what's point. so cool about Mal Frith is she is not. She doesn't fit into the trope. Um, she wore men's clothes as a lifestyle. Um, she lived. You know, she was. She had this androgynous. Um, style and she refused to fit into any gender norms um, and she honestly doesn't fit into modern categories either exactly like I can look back and see you know evidence of like oh she was definitely you know feminist to some some kind of proto-feminist um, but based on what historical evidence there is I can't put my finger on it and say oh well she was definitely a lesbian was she I don't know yeah, or she was trans I don't know she is what she was Right, she was what she was, and she didn't fit exactly any category then or now. Um, but she was, yeah, she was in the the underground um, of the time. Bohemian. She was, she was. 
friends with all the the thieves and the highwaymen and um and she was kind of notorious and scandalous um and the androgynous thing at this time there was also uh you know a, a little lower level of androgyny as a fashion thing kind of the mm-hmm. way that we might have like a menswear fad now there were a lot of people were, were mixing a little bit of masculine and feminine elements in their normal fashionable well, we clothing the and the the older religious people were really scandalized by that so she was cool she was I thought oh, of it this morning. It sounds so beautiful. Sounds like someone who would show up at 16th and Mission on a Thursday night. It, it yeah. does. That's what's so <laughs> what? cool about it. What Gabby has really shown us was, this play is how the... contemporary it really is. Yeah. And also, it's a good example for a lot of other people who see this kind of thing in society now and the fluctuation right. of gender roles as we're seeing them now yeah. and think that this is not new. This play is 400 oh, yeah. years old. And, I mean, a lot and of people there, And it was see... commonplace then, not just a thing then, but a thing right. that people recognized. Right. I mean, it's right in the title of the play, The Roaring Girl, is a take on a phrase of the time of a rural call a roaring boy. And a roaring boy would just be, you know, kind of a street tough, street brawler, drinker, carouser kind of person. So right. to take that phrase and turn it around and call her a roaring girl was a bit of a play on a phrase of the time that... Once again, it's just it, it plays right into the androgyny of the entire thing, mm-hmm. and it also makes it makes you question what what angle are we yeah. looking at this at, and why? Well, right. well, I have a line I want to throw. Uh, they came to me. These lines come to me. They're about transgendering mm-hmm. all past categories. Mm-hmm. We welcome all cool folk. You know, uh, you know where you are. When you know who you, are, who you are, out here in the cutting edge of social, cultural, political, and underground, uh, what it is we do. Right. Trans- yeah. And of course, in the movies back then, we used to, when I was a kid, I used to go to movies set in those times, and the men men would be wearing tights with this uh, kind of like they'd be wearing mm-hmm. this and come and think Hot of pieces. it that was kind of a transgender kind of outfit they wore in their tights, but nobody said mm-hmm. anything about it. Nobody. So anyway, it's the yeah. place of thing. And yeah. this is happening. Let's go. When is uh, when is this happening? When is it going to be the great kickoff? It opens two weeks from tonight. Yeah, June June sixteenth is opening night, and it runs through July second. Uh, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays at eight p.m. and Sundays at two, except for the twenty fifth. Except for Sunday the twenty fifth, yeah, which we... is yes, a Pride Parade and. Our uh, venue is uh, two blocks off of Market Street and just a few blocks from the Civic Center where there will be, in addition to the parade, a lot of very large-scale public events. So we're not performing on the 25th. So if anyone Um, was going to choose between... Well, you should be in the parade. Or should be there in costume in the parade, led, yeah, maybe by, so. led, by, led by the girl in the parade. Mm-hmm. You should yeah, be there I mean, it, it, to put it, it out. It totally fits the yeah. whole uh, theme of that. Fits. Mm-hmm. Fuck so yeah. the the the, the quip I came up with this morning when I was on the way here, I was trying to be like, okay, so who is Maul like? And I decided she's a cross between David Bowie and Wonder Woman. <laughs> well, perfect, good one. <laughs> she is, and as far as like it being all about cool people. That's what the, a point that character makes because she is a person who is respected by all, sometimes a little bit reluctantly by certain people, but ultimately has the respect of everybody and is a cool person and ultimately is a very moral person. Now, one of the things in the play is one of the characters is trying to trip her up and get her arrested and cause her to ent- basically to entrap her in crimes by leaving mm-hmm. valuables out that she could take mm-hmm. that he could later claim to have been stolen and she doesn't take them. So he, by trying to entrap her, uh, by making her act um, you know, uh, immorally, it doesn't work because her values right. won't, won't allow her to do that. 
And in those days, of course, you could be, there was a, a million, well, a million thousand crimes you could be hung for. Indeed. Yes. And indeed, they got the boats all ready to take hung you to... drawn and quartered. Yeah, drawn and quartered. Hanged, and did they have the boats all ready to take you to take you, to take you and dump you off in Australia if it came to that? Because mm-hmm. Australia was founded by that, by that time, at that time, I believe, by the very kind of people we're talking about. Yeah. We were put in a boat and yeah. sent all that way to a place they had no idea where they were going. Mm-hmm. That's Australia beginning. So that was amazing. Well, this will be Judy Berg coming in. She's got a play we're going to be talking about soon, too. All right. Well, anyway. So, so I, what I noticed here, so the Roaring Girl, or Mall Cut Purse, mm-hmm. um, so it's going to be at the Kelly Cullen Community Auditorium. That's at 220 Golden Gate Avenue, just a couple blocks from Civic Center BART. And it's a pay-what-you-will for all performances. Is that... But we, um, Tell us at about the, end, the end result is that at the end of the day, we want as many people to see our plays as possible. Um, and if we open it up to a kind of pay-what-you-will arrangement, some people are going to pay more, some people are going to pay less. I think it's going to more or less work out to the it's same thing, out. except mm-hmm. that we will get more people to actually see it. Nice. Yeah. Yes, yeah. spreading the word. And we, want, and we want anyone to be able to see it. That's too. the other thing. Theater is so expensive, you know. I, I can't see everything I want to see. I got to be selective right. because the cost will, will be crazy if I go see three, four shows a month. And that uh, will fit. Uh, that fits right in with the uh, with what's emerging in your play, the idea of a collective, something mm-hmm. which is happening in many different places. As the times change, uh, Trump may be standing up there beating his chest, but down <laughs> here in the community, people are finding one another. People are learning to work in a collective sense. I work collectively, and uh, you guys are out here on the cutting edge, transgendering all past categories. Yep. So beautiful. Now, I want to, uh, so, glad, so glad you're here. This is the kind of, st- and uh, since it's a couple weeks, let's, the next week, let's also feature something and let people know the play is about to start. Okay. That's what yeah. we're about Absolutely. And yeah. we're going to be, um, uh, I always post what we do on the show. So um, on our Facebook page, on the Common Thread Collective Facebook page, I'll definitely make a note of, uh, of all this information and send to the website because it's in it's kind of in association with the Tenderloin Neighborhood Development Corporation. Yeah, they own the building. Uh, it, the building is the old downtown oh, YMCA, but it's building. long since been decommissioned, now owned by the Tenderloin Neighborhood Development Corporation. They have the very right-on mission of uh, low-income housing, and they own what amounts to millions and millions of dollars of property in the Tenderloin and other areas of the city, and they are all low-income housing units and as the YMCA used to be a transient hotel there are a lot of rooms upstairs they took it and they refurbished it and they not only have opened it up for low-income housing but that particular place the Kelly Cullen community um, has been um, opened up to uh, chronically homeless people Um, they have social services on site a lot of people in recovery community living there that's another reason why we do these things for um, a pay what you will because we want this to be a service a kind of cultural um, attachment to the mission of the TNDC so that their residents both in Kelly Cullen community and other uh, buildings that they own in the area and people in the Tenderloin can just come and see this excellent and the reason the reason I mentioned it is because the, the, for more information you can go to to-sf.org so is yeah. that going to the that's the theater of others, right? Yeah, to-sf.org is our website. It's okay. easy enough to find by just searching for theater of others. And nice. Send you to that. Um, so just uh, look for theater of others and you'll find to-sf.org. And uh, details exciting. about the show and things we've done in the past. This is our uh, eighth 
eighth show in less than three years. Wow. And we got another one. We're going to do Midsummer Night's Dream in October. Lovely. And, and you, you all these, all these, all these, I think of all these wires out, and I'm involved with these as this emerges. And now here we have, here we have Gabby, who you're nurturing, who's yep. making this happen. So beautiful. Do I have it right? That's right. And now it's, now it's a theater in which uh, there's, uh, there's some of the people there in the audience will feel direct identity, uh, identification with these 16th century people who are, who are being portrayed in the play. Am I right? Right. I hope yeah. so. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. And Gabby's first time as a director, but hardly the first time she's done this sort of thing. Having Gabby join this group is like, it's like hitting the lottery, essentially. It's, it's a windfall of, of, of absurd proportions that to be able to have her involved in this and to be able to... Um, let her do this kind of, uh, you know, have a way for her to facilitate this particular production of a play she's known for so long, uh, in addition to the dramaturgical work she's done on the previous shows to help the actors to come around to understanding how the sound and the sense of the plays goes together. Wow. Um, you know, as you were saying earlier, there's a lot of bad Shakespeare out there, and what we're trying to do is have actors who understand what they're saying and communicate well with each other, and that's Gabby's specialty. She, she works with them individually and in groups to allow them to come to a clear understanding of what they're saying and then the audiences get it better wow. so i hope she directs more Gabby. in the future because this is uh, exciting she's getting better at this every day well, wow, thanks. Woman, getting better at practice may not make perfect but it just might make better is one of my lines mm-hmm. <laughs> how you get to carnegie hall yeah, practice practice practice. that's right and speaking of the sound were you going to play a, a song are, from the show, Glenn? Oh, well, the yeah. Song. Yeah, there is a, a song in there. Um, as with Shakespeare, we have um, uh, the words and obviously some sort of uh, rhythmic sense that you can get from speaking the words, but we have no idea what the original song sounded like. Right. So there have been centuries Nor of Nor do we have a Viola da Gamba or anyone who knows how to play one, unfortunately. Right. Now, Gabby has also taken this play and done a kind of like um, mashup of both the um, Jacobean original feel and a sort of like 20th century punk sort of feel among the younger people. So it's like, uh, and, and Dave hit it on the head when he was talking about this being kind of demimond. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 her production reflects um, the London punk underground going back 400 years. Uh, and also mm-hmm. what we might have seen uh, in London, say, in the, uh, in the 70s and that kind of thing where there was a, a very active uh, punk underground of uh, underprivileged and very frustrated young people um, who are in a lot of ways parallel to the characters in this play. Um, the Guns so, of Briscoe. So, um, uh, Hell yeah. As far as the design, it's a bit of all of those things. And the music, well, Gabby perceived in the um, meter of the particular words of this song a kind of sea shanty feel. Oh, nice. Um, And so um, I um, appropriated a couple of old sea shanties and kind of shoehorned them together and then according to the limitations of these instruments we're using um, adjusted them to something that came out more or less original and, uh, and appropriate to the, the kind of uh, setting that we've got here. So. I'm dancing. Well I just said as you're setting it up I just had a little joke that came to me. You said from the Jacobean I said from the Jacobean to the Jack Kerouacian. <laughs> Jack to Jack. I'm a little early. That's, that's my generation. That's, very apt. Yes. Yeah, that's my generation. I was a friend of Kerouac's back then in, in the fifth, late 50s. Mm-hmm. So from the Jacobean to the Jack Kerouac again. 
Yeah, yeah. so Glenn, would you like to play yeah, in here? Or would you like to play out there? It is uh, however it works for you. Whatever is more comfortable for you. Because our performer, um, her name is Arcady Darter. She is playing the main role. Um, very, very fortunate to have her. She's been in several theater of other shows before. Um, a very versatile performer, and she's playing that part and singing it, and um, accompanying herself in some part on the on an actual dulcimer. Um, and then I'm playing this absurdly simple little so amazing. thing Cooper called a strumstick, and uh, so we're getting a kind of like folky um, dulcimer droney kind of feel to to the song. Well, let's do okay. This again, did you want to do it in here, or would you like rather be up there? We have yeah, whatever is more comfortable for you. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't Why don't you two go out and get set up on the stage? I'll play a little music in the meantime, um, just as a little transition, and then uh, we'll hear we'll hear some of the music from the play coming to the Kelly Cullen Community Auditorium starting June sixteenth, running through July second. The Roaring Girl or Mall Cut Purse. So here's a little more music from the Voodoo Cabaret while Glenn and Gabby get set up.
Uh, nothing like a little dead air on the radio, folks. Hey, we are listening to the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco's Mission District, 21st in Florida, and we'd love for you to come down and join us sometime. We've actually got a, a lot of folks here today, a full house, so to speak, here at Mutiny Radio. It's a funky little spot. You should come down and check it out sometime, even if it's not on a Friday. A lot of people come and have little special events here. You could have a birthday party or a book release party or um, you could even put on a play if you were just doing all audio and uh, have a little audience and uh, it's it's a very cool spot so um, I see that we've got Gabby Schneider and Glenn Havlon up there on the stage with their instruments ready to play us a little acoustics acoustic music from the upcoming play The Roaring Girl or Mal Cutpurse all right All right. All right. Yep. Ready when you are, folks. Yep. Yep. Excellent. And, and tell tell folks once again where they can uh, see this play. Or do you have another one? Was that that was it, right? <laughs> I saw Glenn say that's it. All right. You need the words? Not for the first verse. I'm Jim Mary's a mistress, and she lays out the way. Very cool. So beautiful. The, the, she's, the sea shanty uh, style. Um, there is a cool, I don't know if you've ever been to it, but down on the Hyde Street Pier. Oh, yeah. The Balclutha. The, 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 yeah, the Balclutha yeah. and the Eureka. The, they've got mm-hmm. the sea shanty sing-alongs. Yeah, yeah, I've been to those. They're pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Well, I'm looking forward to the play. Thank you so much for coming to be on the show today. Oh, thank you. And we'll be uh, spreading the word for sure about the Roaring Girl. Spreading the word for sure. Hey, Val. Hey, people. Now we have another Friday before the show opens, and you guys are welcome to come down and practice on your instruments, maybe do another song, and we'll remind people that the show is about to open. So good to have you here, and life is what I'd like to say, life is a to-be-continued. Don't get stuck in a box, too good to be continued, I'm amazed at what you do. So Val, uh, why don't you put on a little music that, uh, that what you play with Fitz, I'm gonna bring, uh, I'm, and then we're going to bring in uh, Judy Berg to talk Ju- about Judy Berg, the play that she's involved and, and in. An amazing play, also involving with the underground subculture, counterculture, revolutionary, free spirits. That's for sure. 
called Diggers. The Common Thread Collective is hopping today, and um, oh up next, we have a, another guest. Judy Berg has joined us. Welcome, Judy. Thank you. And let me do a little nice background. Nice to be here. 1967, that summer they call the summer of love. I got here in 65, and uh, uh, I thought I was being, t I would kitchhike here from New York. And I thought the people who picked me up were going to take me back to North Beach, the Beach Generation. Beat. I'd been gone for two years, for three years. I'd been living. I turned 21 on a kibbutz. I was uh, in Israel. I was now about 25, 26. And but they didn't pick me to the to the North Beach, the Beats. They said we're 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 living in the hate now. The hate Ashbury is open up. Something is happening here, and we have this commune at 1090 Page Street. That's where we are. Welcome. And it was and the mother of my kids. And so we got there, and uh, with very shortly, I began to see that something was going on. It had no name yet, but people were beginning to show up. Rent was really cheap. I had uh, I had the ability of there were a lot of empty apartments. 
white flight had gone on. Uh, black people, the, the, the thanks to redevelopment, had been k- k- pushed out of the Fillmore in many ways and crossed the Visadero, which had been the division between black and white. White flight, uh, this white, uh, white little village, village called uh, Haight-Ashbury, Haight Street, was now kind of disappearing. People were going to the suburbs and something was happening. People were moving in, we were beginning to know each other. Something was happening, we had no name for it, was happening. Then that song came. The Mime Troop was going on. Thank you. Mime Troop uh, began to be concerts in the park. Uh, people started, the other communes began to be formed. People were living together. I had, the, I, I had the ability to see an empty place, or a lot of empty places, and we would open up the window, and they'd give me a boost, and I'd go in and open the door, and we'd stay, we'd stay there for months sometimes. All that was happening. Then that song came. Come to San Francisco. We can find that. We'll play it at the end. Come to San Francisco and wear some flowers in your hair. You'll meet some friendly people there. And we were already there. Peter Berg, Peter Coyote, Judy, myself, others, and something, something happened. We, and we said, we said well, well, who's going to feed these people? Where, where are they going to stay? How are they going to find out what, why they're here? And uh, out of that came the diggers. Am I right so far, Judy? Pretty much, pretty much. The, the hate was definitely an integrated neighborhood. There were African Americans and whites living together. What a surprise! Well, white people were leaving a lot of them. The more middle class people, other white people were moving in, whose roots were in the Beat Generation, who had some who were white, but they were dancing to a different tune. That's right. They were the artists, the painters, the musicians. Um, came to the hate. There were inexpensive rents, and there were friendly people. And that. Uh, that herb called marijuana also had something to do with it and was uh, had something to do with it, had a lot to do with it. And a lot of the people came after that, uh, after that song, come to San Francisco, all they knew was maybe we could, uh, that marijuana spoke, seems like a good thing to do. Is that right so far too? It was part and parcel of who we were. Yes, and there also, at that time, LSD was legal. That's right. And there was le- legal, legal dope. Um, marijuana at that time was not legal. Oh, you could go for jail and for a long time. After you took your first puff, you were a criminal, so you stepped over the line. And so yeah. then, uh, that to that, uh, we were criminals. We embraced it. We were a different kind of white people than the white people who had been up there before. We were, we were enjoying the music, the culture, the pot, and uh, and then now it was something a bit kind of a secret among black and uh, black and brown people. I'm talking about marijuana began also to be enjoyed, to embraced by white people, by students, by young people, by musicians, and LSD, and people like to trip in the park like myself, and uh, something was going on here. And Peter Berg and Peter Coyote and the others came and proclaimed the diggers. Am I right so far? Talk about the diggers. The diggers. The diggers actually, the, the people that put out the first digger sheet, the the diggers put out news sheets that were uh, single pages of, uh, of print, often really exciting, interesting print. Revolutionary. Revolutionary, yes. Liberating. Uh, the, first, the first sheet came out um, after there had been um, the riots in 
Hunter's Point and in the Fillmore. They were called riots. I think they were uprisings uh, because a black young man had been shot by the police. Does this sound familiar? Uh, In any case, uh, uh, the diggers were initiated right after that as uh, a way to let um, an alternative community developed that was a free community. The diggers had uh, a motto. Their motto was, everything is free, free. and do your own thing. This was uh, to liberate people. The first thing that the diggers began doing was providing basic human ne- necessities. For example, they provided food every day in the panhandle. In the panhandle, uh, people cooked food and gave it away for free, that part of the free part of it. Um, There was a lot of surplus food at the, we went to the produce market every morning, not every morning, uh, several times a week we went to the produce market and people at the commercial produce market gave us food that they either couldn't sell because it was too deliciously ripe or because um, sometimes the state wouldn't let them sell it because the uh, the sugar content wasn't high enough but everything was perfectly edible and perfectly fresh and uh, we would take take the groceries the vegetables cook them up and take them to the park and feed people And we fed people behind or next to a large um, square uh, frame, a frame that was about 12 by 12. It was painted orangey yellow. And we, we took it, we did it on Oak Street so that the people going on their way downtown to go to work could have their minds blown by people just being given free food for no for no monetary exchange. Uh, John Cage said if you put a frame around anything it's art. Hmm. We put we we put this frame around the food distribution and called it the free the frame, frame of, of reference. reference. <laughs> so if you were there, your frame of reference was changed. And also all these folks were coming after the song come to San Francisco. They were coming and they didn't know what to, what it was. They had vague of any ideas what to do, where they could find stuff, what we should do now. And there, and they just had, and it was if they stepped forth through the frame, they began to get using these the digger papers, these papers, the communication company, which began began like a side like a side project with the diggers, right so far, and and out of it was 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 built. Out of this came the first free store. And this was something totally new that I had before, a free store. It was first in a garage of Hate Street, on, Hate, on Page Street, if my memory serves me well. And then it went over there, then it went over right next to the, to the Krishna's on Frederick Street. Two, two, there were two, there were two uh, storefronts down there. One were the Krishna's Hari Hari Krishna, and the next one were the Diggers Free Store. Am I right so far? Well, the, those two free stores were more to um, digger up the hate than being actual b- big free stores. The 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 free store 
um, was at Cole and Carl. It was a bit later. It, it was, was huge. It was a little bit bigger. Big. And it was um, Peter Berg wrote a, a street sheet called Trip Without a Ticket. That's right. To invite that? people to the uh, free store at Cole and Carl. Because, you know, take, take, take that juxtaposition of words. Free store. So wow. a store is where you buy something. But if you can't buy it because it's all free, then what is a free store? How does the exchange happen? So that opens up your creative juices. You can, you can exchange things in a free store any way that you want to do it. And, and, uh, the, and a button was pushed, and every day there are more and more donations. Every day you could come in there and books. Well, what? Somebody's giving that away? And it was just amazing what appeared there, because word was coming around. People could feel that there's some kind of change going down. We had the war in Vietnam that the, the diggers were also involved in getting out there on the street and providing this alternative. Go ahead, Judy. The, the free store, so many things came into the free store. Amazing. It was amazing. We got trucks. We got land. We got a lot of white shirts that people who were dropping out of straight <laughs> society and not going downtown anymore didn't want their white shirts. So um, uh, Luna Moth came in and she said, oh, look at all these white shirts. Let's tie-dye them up. Then everybody can make themselves beautiful. They were all again. Their individual own shirt made by themselves so we did part of the free store was a workshop where we did tie-dyeing and mm -hmm. other other crafty type things and do it yourself is, we're talking about 50 years ago we're remembering we're what's the bob dylan line i was older then but i'm younger than that now and you do you bring it all back and it's just and of course also we had which you say now we had the inception of underground way away so many young guys would be turning up uh, we were supposed to be going to Vietnam, AWOL, absent without leave. Others were just draft dodgers. I'm about to be drafted. My number's coming up. They would come by, and out of it came an underground railway, the Rainbow Farm up in, uh, up in, uh, up in Drain, and all these became steps along the way. And we got a lot of people to Canada, too. Isn't that right? That is true. Fuck and yeah. there, were, uh, there, were, there were soldiers that came into the free store in uniform and left in tie-dyes. <laughs> they left their uniforms there. It was an amazing part of history to be in, to be part of it. It was hit, what I call hipstery uh, being made for sure. And now, Judy, here and I, 50 years down the line, here we are talking about it and uh, being heard around the planet on the radio and uh, on, the, on the Internet. So not only that is total free speech, I can say, fuck yeah, because that's what it was. Fuck yeah. And now women are stepping up now too. Too, this is what's happening in this age. I, I was down at this at this demonstration now at the federal building. Just two sentences. Federal building around Trump taking taking America out of the out of the out of all that. But uh, we're America first and so on. And yep. and uh, and what I see everywhere, I see women stepping up. I, that's why I say goddesses galore, sisters glorious. So progress is being made in so many ways. So good to have you here, Judy. But tell us uh, now, on what, what's the date? Um, on June 7th. June 7th. Kent Minot, who, is, who was one of the original diggers, um, is doing a show called Diggerly Do's. 
Higgly Dues. At 518 Valencia Street, the storefront that's, I think it's also called the Eric Quest. Casada. Eric Casada. He was a revolutionary. He was a great human being. He's a friend of the people when he passed. He's a real deal. So it's a perfect place for you to be. Yeah, it's a, a free performance. Free, as, of course. As the uh, diggers did everything for free. Kent is doing this for free. I think there'll be a discussion afterward. I hope so. The show is a joyous uh, exploration of 65 and 66 and how how Kent got involved with the diggers. Um, there is a, a wonderful picture of the diggers, of, of five or six of the diggers, maybe, I think it's six of them, um, that was taken on City Hall steps when they were released from jail. The title of the picture is Diggers Freed and it was on the front page of the Chronicle. I remember. And Kent is in the middle of this picture with wow. his jumping well, up in the air. And so I think that uh, this show will be an amazing show. It has slides and it has Kent um, storytelling. And I'll tell you one of the things that Kent did, he'll probably mention it in his show, the diggers did events, mind-boggling events, events to open up your mind, open up your creativity, liberate yourself and liberate society. That's what the diggers were doing. What's really needed now? And one of, now? one of the things that Kent did is he thought that it would be most fun to have breakfast on the freeway spur when the freeway used to go have an on-ramp at Oak Street. Right. There was a spur there that went nowhere. It went nowhere because the people in the Haight-Ashbury decided they didn't want to have the panhandle completely destroyed by a freeway. They, they opposed the freeway. The Haight-Ashbury was politically savvy. And, but there was this freeway spur, this little piece of freeway that went nowhere. And so Kent got a table and chairs, a candelabra, a white tablecloth. He, he put himself in a uh, tuxedo, a tuxedo <laughs> and he had breakfast on the freeway uh, ramp what, while, what the, while cars went by. later. No, I think it was six, it, 66 or 67. Okay, I'm not we'll exactly sure That's when. Beautiful. And he did it without any little sign that said, hey, I'm having my breakfast here on the freeway. No, you are going to work on the freeway. It didn't have anything like that because the diggers felt that narration and the media telling you what you're seeing was... Um, kind of stiltifying and kind put of. you into a box. So Kent just did this just to blow it. people's minds. Just do it. So Kent's around. He's an older guy now. Have you, uh, where is he? He's, uh, he's coming into town to do this. Is that right? He's coming to where, town where do to, do with it, to do this. He uh, lives in L.A. now. Okay. Does theater in L.A. and also does political activism in oh, L.A. No. So he is... So he's a guy in his 70s now. Just I'm 79, so... Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I tell you, I keep forgetting. <laughs> I was late an 60s, older guy then, too. I, I was an older guy then. I turned 30 uh, on that street at the end of this, because it's some called love, others called hate. 
at the end of that summer they call the summer of love 1967 so I remember all that I remember Richard Brodigan just came to mind dressed in his I knew him in 57 too I, I started out in 57 in North Beach right Richard Brodigan worked with the diggers for a while yeah, for and a while. he put yeah. a bunch of his po- we put a bunch of his poems onto seed packets with actual seeds in them that's right and we had made oh, them into so a little much. book it was called Please Plant This Book and wow. the ladies How of cool. the diggers, the ladies of the diggers, uh, organized themselves and called themselves the Lily Coit Auxiliary. Wow. Lily Coit yes. is the person that Coit Tower, Coit Tower was mm-hmm. made from, and Lily was in love with the fire department. So we took, please plant this book to the fire departments that had um, outdoor areas where they could plant things, and we delivered them with graciousness and they were certainly confused by us. <laughs> and what I remember my I love doing it. This is so this is gonna be so amazing. Tell us the date again. I have something else. The date on. is it's next Wednesday at seven thirty. Okay. Uh, on at five eighteen Valencia. Don't miss it. No, I come early. If you want to Diggerly see. Diggerly Dues. Kent Dig- Minow. Oh, my goodness. This Kent, is what's, be a- what's Kent's last name? Minow, M-I-N-A-U-L-T. Wow. Got it. So this is going to be kind of a reunion, a revival, hopefully a, res- a renaissance and a resurrection. It's time. The times, they are changing. Uh, absolutely. Really need to bring again, that in. again, they I are changing. Say, I, 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 this way I said to myself, Amazing. time for another go-round. Yes. I, I was down at City Hall today, and I saw all these folks coming around there, and I had this sense that the time is uh, right. Uh, yeah, the times there are changing, and the time is ready for dancing in the streets. So, okay, yeah, so... Uh, free city. Oh, free, free city. city. Free were, that's city. exactly what we're about here, as you can see. I Judy. noticed that City College's new catalog says Free City. I saw that. There it is. And what I say, my life is this, at City. I'm a long time effective, but I was a member of the student government at City College. Say, at City. In so the city. Af- after Kent's show, he usually has a discussion. So if I you bet, come, of you can ask questions, you can tell us your stories. We'd be delighted to see you. I look forward to seeing you. Oh, I can't it's wait. It's June 7th, next Wednesday, and, and 7.30. And my friend Anna, if you're listening, at that's fi- another at, step along the way. I have this at friend. 518 Valencia Street, the Eric Casada Center. Yes, right. and, and, I say and is, there is no charge. Of course, how could there be? It's free. It's free. It's the diggers. So and come and do your own thing. This is the Common Thread Collective show. Cast away net, find that common thread, and let life flourish. And what I say myself, at city, in the city, on the planet, and in the street, and on the on the and, and on every and every Friday right here at Mutiny Radio, letting people know what's happening in a good way. In a good way, being open to it. Just come through the door. Judy, so glad to see you. Yeah. I'm so always, happy. Always I a pleasure to be here. Well, to be continued. You're always yes. welcome. Let welcome me know and I'll see a you. A pleasure to have I'll, you I'll here. You. I'm going to come early, early, early. Thank you for Thank gracing you. us with your presence oh. and the, the hipstery of, uh, of our times. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that's, I hope I'll see everybody next Wednesday night. And that's my 730. word. 7.30. That's my word, I say. History, you read the books, history books. Her story, her story comes from the women's movement of the 70s, but we, what we do is hipstery. There's something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear 
There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down There's battle lines being drawn Nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speak in their minds Are getting so much resistance from behind Time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Day for the heat, a thousand people in the street singing songs and they carry inside. Mostly say hooray for our side. It's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody, look what's going down. The Common Thread Collective is hopping today. Judy Berg. Uh, hey, you know what? That is some real deal San Francisco summer of love hipstery going out to that show on Wednesday the 7th at 518 Valencia. And of course, speaking of the hate Ashbury, we've got our friend Rainbow. Take it away, Rainbow.
All right. Thanks for being here.
so much for letting me play today thank you rainbow and thank you for oh, thinking of okay, ways to be kind a quick uh, yeah like plug uh, I got an art exhibition happening uh, at the cafe revolution on 22nd Street in between Valencia and mission and we're planning on having a little uh, opening on the 15th and I just want to let you know you're all uh, invited so anyway Thank you. Very cool. A Revolution Thanks Cafe. Little art opening on the 15th with Rainbow. I've, I've, I've been the lucky recipient of, of a few pieces of Rainbow's art, and that's super cool. Right on, friend. Thanks for being here. Looking forward to that. Common Thread Collective. And here we are back in the studio. Uh, we've got the library lady here. We've got Richard Sanderell. We've got Jack Mellinder hanging out, waiting in the wings. And uh, happy to have you all here. Thanks for being here. Welcome. So. Well, let's uh, go around. Uh, hey, Richard, so good to see you. Missed you last week. Glad you're here. Let us know. We're weaving together something here. Uh, <laughs> Before you do, though, oh. I have an announcement I'd like to make. Okay. I just remembered. Sunday is going to be something very special. I'm, do you hear that? I'm going to be there. In other words, I'm going to be at. And that's going to be Sunday. Another, uh, another uh, uh, look back, look forward uh, of the 50th anniversary Summer of Love. Between 11 and 12. People are going to be gathering in the corner of the now legendary Hayden Ashbury Street. And then there's going to be a procession. <coughs> Bring your instruments. There's going to be a procession. Bring your dancing shoes. There's going to be a procession from Hayden Ashbury, Hayden and Ashbury, to that street, that down that street, to that hill called Hippie Hill, where there'll be a die dyes where there'll be a music, a music, where there'll be people, everybody brings what they have to bring, nobody goes without, there'll be music, there'll be spoken word, there'll be recognitions, recognition, and there'll be, uh, there will be uh, heralding, remembering, doing 50th anniversary summer of love. And what better place but Hippie Hill, because that's where we named it back then. When Hate Street got to be too much and that happened, oh my goodness, what's happening? We were selling a little weed. People, all these kids, all these kids, all over 21, of course, were buying some weed and so on. And all the people were selling stuff. People were running around wondering what to do. And one of us, somebody would say to the other, Let's go, Let's go to Hippie Hill. Let's go to Hippie Hill and smoke a joint. So that's that's this Sunday, the fourth. 
Is it Sunday? The and what time does the procession start? The drummers are up there, so bring a poem and, and read and read with the the conga. Yeah, we'll yeah, be the drum the drummers will be there. What time does the procession start on Sunday, Dave? Eleven and twelve. Okay. There'll be gathering. There'll be stuff happening. People will get together, and then somebody get the word, and we'll we'll, we'll dance off to Hippie Hill on the, the fourth. So, well, this is the best the best time to use this line. Be there, or be square. Ooh. Be there and be square. So, Richard, kick it off. Tell us what you brought. Everybody brings what they have to bring. All right, well, I'm going to be kind today, except for the last one. Eyes. Enjoy the beauty of almond dark, smoky eyes, as well as the defective beauty of the blue, green, gray eyes. Enjoy those same eyes as they age, these eyes that have seen. Take note of what others may not. Enjoy the mind at play behind these observers. This is where the mind dances separate from what the body does. Look at the destruction, loss of, loss of eyes water. Look at the beauty eyes water with joy. Richard Sandrell brings us joy this sadness. Friday. Sadness as well. I'm a, well, I'm a semi-sweet guy. It, it mo- well, that's all right. I'm it's the semi- best kind of chocolate. Uh, yeah, semi-sweet. Semi. <laughs> All right. This is my philosophy. If I can boil down the four lines, I can do that now. Okay. Here. For peace, love, understanding, peace, love, understanding, and joy, and joy. So enjoy. Give us a couple more. Okay. USA society. USA has no use for elders. Love them when they're young. Blame them when they age. Losers. Who taught you that? Usa society doesn't even like each other. This is what happens and keeps the rich rich. All around the world we go a go-go with our hatred of the other. Elder has accident in bed. Time to ship them off to the torture houses called homes. Too hard for them to stay in their apartment home. This is Usa's level of care. It's the way it's done. The elders die shortly after they're being moved. Usen's loss of the ability to empathize for those who are led by odorous politicians of stench in Columbia and the local state houses. They want you to take from elders, not give. Youth do not seek elders. Elders remind youth that of their fate. Some will just get old. Others will have something to say. We will. Where will you be when you become an elder? Will you still find joy? Will you be heard? And uh, the end will be, demons are us. We don't want to awaken the living. The living are disturbed enough. If awakened, they might come to face their fears, might realize we demons help the ancestors by placing it there. There it remains until faced. Demons are us, devils and evil spirits. If you feel the need to hang on to these fears, these demons lend, lend, we have many demons to choose from. Our demons put horror novels, plays, movies in their fair, in their place, never outshining reality. Shh, shh, shh. 
Demons with their fear will prevent full self-realization. This is why empires foster fear, hatred. It's better to be at each other's throats than the empires. Distract, change the subject. Shh, shh, shh. First things religions want is the humans to self-realize, reach their fullest potential, goes against their fear teachings. They have to find another line of work instead of being the paid despots they are. So remember, if you can't let go of your fears, remember demons are us, open 24-7 for your browsing convenience. Oh, speaking to the the harsh realities of uh, government surveillance. Hmm. Or oh. just fear. Just, just fear. plain out and out fear. My question is, who placed it there? You weren't born with these fears. Fuck yeah. Where did they come from? Who placed it there? Hmm. Well, we're definitely learning to uh, leave those fears behind us. To embrace one another, and we better, because in the day, in the in the era of Donald Trump now, a man who thinks that he's taken America out of the out of the off the globe, and turned it, turned everything into a battle between America first and everybody else, rather than coming together as a world community, which had been happening, which is going to continue to be happening. Well, fuck that. Let's let's keep on doing and lose our fear of that. And I know, I heard Trump, Trump. Heard this, uh, I heard Trump with all his evilness, all his anger, and so on. And I knew somewhere there's a uh, there's a there's a Chinese boy and an Indian boy, Indian China giving each other a high five because by taking America out of the planet, this means the planet is going to be free. They're not going to keep on doing what they're doing and rest on the, on this agreement that was painfully put together, which is opening the door to more, and here we are, and we better get together, and a lot of the, even the capitalists in this country are saying, don't include us, and are supporting the deal. The deal, the French, the Paris, the Paris Accord. So let's go on. Hey, uh, Library lady. Library lady. Welcome. Hi there. Um, thanks that we are here another Friday at Common Thread Collective. Um, my favorite Fridays are usually here. Um, anyway, you guys know that tomorrow is first Saturday of the month, which often means MAP every other month. So it'll be Saturday, June 3rd. It'll be again first Saturday in August, October, and then my favorite is December because that's the happy map, the holiday art and performance project. <laughs> anyway, um, last month, the library hosted our um, National Poetry Month event as part of MAP, and um, Dave came, and um, someone wrote me a thank you letter and I just recently found it in my inbox. <laughs> it, uh, it must have been misplaced for a while. I found it two weeks ago in my inbox. And um, I want to read it because it is really about, it embodies the spirit of MAP and also what you guys do here at Common Thread Collective. <coughs> so, and it's from someone that Dave knows. It's, 
to all those who make the library and map possible. From Hugo, a library patron. Thank you for your efforts for being there every day. Had it not been for your last poetry open air happening as it was called decades ago in the 60s, I would not have run across Diamond Dave Whitaker, now of Mutiny Radio, whom I knew when I hosted One Struggle, Many Fronts on KPOO on Divisadero, which I think... Anyway, um, so just a little piece of history. So that's why I love this letter. Anyhow... um, I used to host One Struggle Many Friends. Many of you will remember that show. With Dave hosting the first PLO, Palestine Liberation Organization guest, who ever entered the White House at the invitation of then Jimmy Carter. (coughs) I was present behind the engineer's booth. Time went on. Dave and I separated. I ended being a guest of San Quentin State Prison, where on one occasion Dave made it possible for me to broadcast via telephone from inside San Quentin to his radio station so as to air some political messages, my broadcast being cut short with another, when another prisoner came up to me and told me that the guards wished an end to my radio commentary. A piece of history here. I, maybe I'll read the rest of the letter next week. It's it goes on, and um, Dave, I think that it really embodies the common thread collective and map because it is map is a happening is happening in tomorrow here in the mission at many locales as David Kubrin likes to put on the flyer. The headquarters kind of being pathos on Harrison, 2754 Harrison. And I'll just quickly list the venues. Um, the Laundry is new. It's on 26th Street near South Venice. It's not on the flyer. Then there's Mission Home, Red Poppy, which used to be Map Central, because also being one of the founders. Revolution Cafe, Secret Garden, Alley Cat, and Adobe Bookstores, Community Music Center, Impact Hub, Presida Eyes, which is now also on 24th Street, along with Adobe and Alley Cat, and then Artillery and Pathos on Harrison. Anyway, thanks to David Kubrin and Jorge Molina that they host many, many of the MAP meetings. They're on the Mondays before the event. And then um, if you want to check it out, check out like how MAP works, mapsf.com. Thank you. Thank you for bringing in all that information. And I think people can pick up the map of MAP at Presida Eyes starting tomorrow around 4 o'clock p.m. And uh, we'll be rolling around from there. I'll be, I'll be part of the performance in the Secret Garden happening tomorrow night. And um, I asked Win Song to send me some details, and she said, meet me there at 7, and all shall be revealed. So uh, I'll be bringing a little pocket full of magic, and uh, away we go. So um, thank you for that. And I know now we have Air Friend Agency. Uh, okay. What's up, Dave? One... Uh, uh, yeah, we say Winsaw, you also me. We're also telling you that our, our host band, kind of Trio, Trio Cambio, will be playing. I'm sure. 
So that's going to be a special event at the Secret Garden. It will be a beautiful evening. The second, referring to Hugo's letter. Hugo's letter. Indeed, I was the one who had the show One Struggle, Many Fronts. Way back then, this early 70s, on KPO, that was the beginning of my radio career. And indeed, it's true that I did have the representative of the, of the and what a great conversation we had, it all comes back, of the Palestinian, of the PLO, Palestinian Liberation Organization. And it is true, one struggle, many fronts. And Hugo, for a for fortune to making an unfortunate a fortune piece of guerrilla theater, got himself thrown in uh, San Quentin, and indeed he did call me. I did take a call, like you can call here, at 415-550-511. I did get a call from him in San Quentin. He managed to put that together, and how he was able to do that was amazing. But there was Hugo from San Quentin talking on Capu. And I'm sure they had a kid, had a whatever, finding out that he had done it. I didn't know that until then that they had. But and that was before. That was really before. Uh, now you can. Now uh, they they sneak. Uh, they 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 sneak uh, cell phones. Get snuck and uh, into prison, and and you can pay a certain amount of money and use a cell phone if you be a prisoner. But back then there were no cell phones, so he managed to do that. Maybe from the library. But thanks for telling me that. And now we have our brother, with a poem. I think we got, we got agencies ready out there. She's been, she's been waiting. She's ready, she's ready to go. Then we'll hold on, brother. We will have agencies. Yeah, but come on in and have a you. seat, Jack, if you do, if you if you would. So out there on the studio, agencies been waiting for us. We've been waiting for agency to be able to play. Welcome back. Thank you for opening the show with some music, and we're looking forward to your set. Tell us a bit about yourself. That we need to know. Introduce yourself. This be agency. Take it away, agency. Who are you? Hi, uh, I'm agency. Uh, in real life, uh, my name is Ellery Ballard, and this is the sixth year that I've been coming to Mutiny Radio, which is such a pleasure. And uh, I'm going to play you a song that I wrote about some racist graffiti that went up on a mountain near me the day after the election. So. With morning comes a sickness a mental bellyache To greet it with surprise would be a mistake It is so very tempting To seed autonomy To claim the future's written Because on Mount Tom 
and it's only day one. There's swastikas on Mount Tom, and it's only day one. up a little bit now.
Dave, grab a different microphone, so Dave. It's so good to have you back. Agency, I, I want you to do another song. I know you have one. But tell us who you are. Tell us who you are at this moment. How do you, how do you want to describe yourself? <laughs> um, Dave is very sweetly segueing so that I can <laughs> tell everybody that I identify as genderqueer and I use they, them pronouns and it would make me so happy um, if you use them, but also don't stress out about it. And if you want to talk about it, hit me up. <laughs> I say, I say, and I've been saying it for months, transgendering all past categories. <laughs> We welcome all cool folk. You know who you are out here in the cutting edge of social, cultural, political, and down here underground change. Right here, so that's what we do and how you see and how you be. And I'm so glad to have you back. I'm so glad to be back. They am, I'm so glad to have you back. Ellery, playing some music and I've seen the, the, the adventure, the journey you've been on. Give us another song. That's great. Dave, you can call me sibling if you want to. <laughs> you want to join me on the harmonica real quick? If you're ready. If not, it's totally cool. I'll play a different song. It's an A, yeah. Nice. Fella here's got a little harmonica holster, and turns out we got a song in the key of A.
glory of sadness I may or may not make a masterpiece of this rat's nest or these rats nest but I can't be weighed down by anything no no not even my own body ready and ready and ready and myself for a journey It's always a treasure and a pleasure when agency shows up, when Ellery comes through uh, to uh, be part of the Common Thread Collective. I always sit here and get goosebumps. I kind of, I, I, I honestly do. And there goes Harpo Marx. Harpo Marx. Marco Harps. Marco Harps. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. <laughs> I'd like to know which one of these work. They all work. Oh, they're just not locked. They all work. Got them all. I can't tell the rhyme. I understand. I just know that I'm on, but I'm not even sure of that. So here's a little, little ditty I wrote. When the first bush invaded our orifice, and unfortunately it's still pertinent, I call it Uncle Scam. About our rich Uncle Sam. It goes a little bit like that. <laughs> said red and white and then blue suede shoes you can call my mess same old new u.s blues i am uncle scam that's who the hell i am i've been hiding now in the swamps of vietnam and in the sand with sedan I make you believe I killed Bin Laden like Nixon of old. I beg your pardon, I am Uncle Scamp. I will blind your mind. You will believe I am kind. I will poison all your water. Your unborn sons and daughters. Steal your women's voices, rob all of your choices, then I'll take your taxes, that's what the facts is. I am Uncle Scam. That's who the hell I am. seem to give a good guy jam. <laughs> Get that genocide. 
It's just suicide. Uncle Scam can't hide. Eyes are open way too wide, and our love is much too strong. Well, red and white. You can call my mess Same old New Year's blues Sanity, friend or enemy I am Uncle Scam That's who the hell I am Yeah, I've been hiding now And you're rocking so bad Yeah <laughs> Marco Harps I love that piece Uncle Scam I see you've uh, you've added a little bit to it Since the last time I heard um, such a cool afternoon here at Mutiny Radio. Really happy to be here. Um, and uh, we've got our friend Jack Melander. Welcome, Jack. Welcome back. Hi. Thank you. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. You got a couple pieces for us, I'm sure. La- uh, last time you were in, you read some math and science poems, if I recall correctly. Yeah. yeah. This t- today I have, um, well, I start with one called Hippies. All right. Um, a half a century ago, a San Francisco summer guy with wind-blown locks made quite a show beneath his grin, whimsically wry, love beads or narrow jacket green, bell-bottoms, tie-dyed particolor, and sandals of a crimson sheen festooned each with a silver dollar. While panhandling at coal and hate, he hailed a dour ex-Navy clerk, a poet, one-time yeoman's mate, whom savings bond had freed from work who laid on him a little change. Their talk revealed the street guy painted. So both were our types, should arrange to share the bard's pad, get acquainted. The rhymer bought the artist glasses. His posters caught a rock band's eye. Two cast-off groupies, hippie lasses, and granny dresses happened by. One soon became the painter's lover, her friend the poet's confidant. His sorrow's cause would soon discover why melancholy did him haunt. His father's job required he travel. His loneliness led him to drink. His wife, though, failed to unravel effect and cause when, to the brink of separation, they were drawn. In dreams, he'd say a lover's name, then three months later, would be gone. When he'd moved them, t'was just the same. He was but his firm's footloose pawn. Dad's last trip home, to his son's shame, his mother's now-boozed-fueled rage had badges knocking at their door. He signed his sailor, when of age, to many another stormy shore. Now he'd read his girlsome stanza, who'd clap, say it reminded her of Ginsburg or of Sancho Panza. His memories began to blur of frequent Moves from school to school and parents' bitter drunken fights of shipmates' tales, blasé and cool, recalling ribald hit, tropic nights with Honolulu hookers wild. They'd meet neath some hotel street light. Her sympathetic smiles beguiled his broken spirits into flight. Wow. 
Is that you? Yeah. Is that is that, is that, is that memoir kind of autobiographical? Yeah, yeah. If you feel like it, you don't have to tell me. Yeah. Okay. Got one more. I got I got one more. It's it's called Recruits. Well, he's got all good. Give it to his brother. Called Re Recruits. Didn't mean to. Hey, look who's there. Two barracks full of new recruits at Texas March morns, wee small hours. Throw down a bit. Dreams of Sunday meeting suits, of mom's flapjacks, her apron flowers, a lover's kiss, and rover's grin, though not of Lackland Air Force Base. But then at four, a march blares in, its Colonel Bogey in their face from drill field speakers just outside, before the guys are half awake. A sergeant screams in accents snide at decibels, footlockers shake. Get up, you girls, assholes, elbows, fatigues, ten minutes, form for drill. It's one of those late winter snows. Men don't know if they're dead or ill. Ten shunt, right face, the sergeant yells, as one the cordon turns in place. Hungover skulls reverb like bells. At forward harch, lurch forth, no grace. Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, to edge of their parade ground route, while dawn is climbing up the night. Then sergeant hollers, road guards out. No sound then, only brogan feet. Tell fuck and damn them interspersed with airman Huang Li's cuss and curse. He's got Tourette's, all think that's neat, and giggles bubble through the ranks. Tell halt and shut up, sergeant growls. Then from the formation, one man yanks. Is something funny? Give me ten. But isn't this where all are pissed? We're not one airman's but disgrace enough to make you prejudiced in favor of the Chinese race? Wow, so these are kind of like memoirs, maybe memoirs, or we don't want to say memoirs. They're short story poems. That, 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 that certainly is a uh, slice of life. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You're always welcome here. Thank you, Dave. Really you appreciate you it. kind of remind me of myself when I look at you. Uh, and we're looking at you, look at me. We're both old well, guys. From the same era. <laughs> 79. Beat. <laughs> beat. Well, we heard that Beatniks. I turned 30, well, uh, 30 on that street. Well, maybe we'll see you. I'd hate to. Let me mention once again. We got a phone call. Want to mention you again. Sunday will be a um, commemoration, uh, a people's commemoration, not some big blah, blah, blah. Of the, fifth, uh, the 50th anniversary summer of love. I'll be there because I was there. And it's going to start between 11 and 12 on the corner of Hate Nashbury on Hate Nashbury. And then maybe if there's enough, we'll take the street and we'll have a procession dancing, carrying on to Bay Hippie Hill, where people can bring what they have to bring and nobody will go without. So I'll be Sunday. We have a phone call. Who, who is this? We do. Cat's on the phone with an announcement. Oh, good. Hey, Cat. That's right. Cat, so good to hear. Hi, Dad. Hi, Cameron. Hi, Hi Cat. So what's going on? Well, yeah, well, <clears throat> I wanted to um, just say that this coming Thursday, Thursday. he asked for neighborhood, neighborhood Council Hank. We have a special meeting where people are going to talk about the summer of love and how that contributed to some positive things that have come after that. And that's at uh, 7 o'clock. And, of course, you know because you'll be there, right? You're one of the speakers. Oh, what? You're a featured speaker. Oh, so it'll be at 7 right. o'clock. Yeah. Park Branch Library on page between Cole and Schrader next Thursday. Okay. And so the, the date for that is... The 8th, that's June 8th, that's this coming Thursday, 7 o'clock, Park Branch Library in the Hague. So there'll be several speakers, I assume, of which I'll be one, is that right? 
Yes, you will be. Uh-huh. And I'm looking forward to that. Well, tell us yeah, who the others are. Today. With different takes, I uh, guess. Sorry? On the, who are the other speakers? Can you tell us? There's well, going to be a few speakers, I, I understand, each with their own take on what it was about and where they well, were and how it all came yeah, down. Yeah, some other speakers. I have a, a new iPhone, so let me see if I can look at that at the same time that I speak to you because I'm still learning this phone. So, no, I don't have it there. So it's um, Stan Fluoride and um, two other speakers. Oh, I can't remember right now. So it's four speakers, and um, it should be really good. I mean, one is the woman that had her book about one of the first real commune that went on, uh, went on, it oh, was yeah. all... That went on south, uh, south of yes. San Francisco, with great photographers. Yeah, and a film. woman uh, who lives in the commune and then came back to go to the art institute around that time. Mm -hmm. I've seen the book; it's amazing. I expect her to be an amazing and interesting human being. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm gathering in my head some memoirs and how it all relates to where we are 50 years later. Yeah. The, the past yeah, shakes hands of the be future. Yeah, really valuable at this, you know. At this time, and, and <laughs> we was, need to hear these things. We need to know about the history. Well, we need to know about how yeah. it's carrying on to now, and how we can learn from that now as well with the challenges we currently face. When is the Digger movie about? Oh, the Digger, the Digger play. Yeah, yeah, play. Pardon me. Uh, the Digger play is happening. Let's see. Um, let me just get pull that up again. That's the night before, so Wednesday, June seventh. At um, the Eric Casada Center on Valencia Street is uh, the one-man act um, with Kent Minot called Diggerly Doos, an ex a joyous exploration of 1965 and 1966. So that's a free show wow. happening in the Mission District uh, on the Wednesday. And then you're saying that this is the, um, the at the Haight-Ashbury Neighborhood Council meeting on Thursday the 8th at the Park Branch Library. Thursday. And since I was among the diggers, right. it's going to be a most interesting week. Starting a most uh, well, the summer with uh, introducing to a most interesting summer, and I'll, Val, I'll be going off the last week of June probably, yeah, and the first week of July because I'm going back to where it all began in a sense. I'm talking the Rainbow Gathering, and the Rainbow Gathering 2017 will be gathering our free gathering, our bring what you can gathering. We'll be gathering in Oregon. I'm not sure. We don't know exactly. Some national forest, probably the one just over the border, over Grants Pass. But I'll let people know before I leave, at least in some way where it is, the Rainbow Gathering. So it's all connected, and I'll be, be coming back full of rainbow energy. I'll be back ready to kiss and kick ass. So watch out, Mr. Trump. We'll be doing it. We go head to head. Hey, Trump. I found that. I found the names for Thursday. I don't know if you still want to know the names. Okay, perfect. Hey, glad yeah, you called. I've got, yeah, Stan Fluoride. He's a local historian, tour guide, and artist. He lives in the neighborhood here in the Hay. He does. Holly Harmon um, is author and producer of the DVD Inside a Hippie Commune. She lives in the Holidays Commune in Santa Cruz Mountains and came to the Art Institute at that time. And then Arthur Round, who is still uh, in the, here in the Hay. Arthur Cluster Round. He was on the staff of the San Francisco Oracle for um, issues 7 through 12. That's March 67 to January 68. He was at the Human Being, the Monterey Pop Festival, Magic Mountain Festival in Mount Tam. And then, of course, Diamond Day. So, um, What do you have yeah, to say about one me? One-third beat, one-third hippie, and one-third punk as... Fuck. F 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're we're free speech internet here, but um, appreciate, <laughs> appreciate all all that all that good news. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I have um, my I have some some family kind of some in laws uh, who were doing a lot of tie dye during during those days. They were doing it in the mission, and um, uh-huh. they, they used to collect all of the the posters like for you know all the Bill Graham presents posters and the Digger papers and the Oracle. So wow. um, you know I've got several copies of, wow. of some of the old Oracles too. So. Um, maybe I'll, I'll come and, and bring some out for people to look at. Oh, that would be so nice because, yeah, um, another thing is that, yeah, everyone's, others are welcome to speak, so that would be really cool if you could come bring that. Right so. It's going to be an interactive evening. Interactive, we believe in that. The show is interactive. That's what, that's what we like to be, pushing the envelope. And also, Val, I hope you can come on Sunday for, for That our, sounds like a lot of fun. That's going to be. And oh, it's yeah. Good, on uh-huh. Hippie Hill. And there's going to be tethered. There's a bunch of uh, now. This is being been organized by. She's been here this show. Alan Cohen's Alan, who was the editor and publisher and of the of the Hate Ashbury Oracle. His widow Sue Ann Cohen. Remember, she came through and yep. Well, Ann is organizing this. She's making it happen. She's got a crew of ladies. Now we can say ladies because we're older around her who've been doing tie dye, bringing tie dye, and this tie so we can all sit. Sit in a tie dye, and I'm I'm going to help get the circle together, and we we'll go around the circle like we used to do then, like we still do at the gathering around the circle, and people can say what they have to say, can sing what they have to sing, can talk about what they want to talk about, and there'll be, as I like to say, well, hopefully I'll say, food for the body, mind, and spirit. Fiftieth anniversary. And acoustic, yeah, acoustic instruments encouraged. Indeed. Well, even if we had a little right. ramp, that'd be okay. But in fact, we don't need to know. We have our permit. As you've heard me say, Val, yeah, we got a permit. Well, what do you mean, where's your permit? We got a permit. It's our First Amendment right to uh, speak freely. Fuck yeah. Our First Amendment right to whatever uh, whatever religious uh, religious uh, road, whatever religious path, whatever religious thing we're on, welcome to... Uh, welcome to, uh, to be practiced. I'm a Sufi myself. Saying with Rumi, there are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Rumi and Hafiz, dervishes. And then third of all, what's oh, third of all? I want our right to, to assemble. That means gather. And we'll be gathering at food. Uh, we'll be gathering there in Hippie Hill on Sunday. And then later, after the rainbow gathering, in middle of July, late July, we're coming down. We're coming down. Be forewarned. I'm going to put it around the rainbow gathering at all the circles and say, come down to San Francisco and wear some flowers in your hair. And we'll set up a couple teepees. Maybe and we'll feed the people because a lot of leftover food. And I want to say, before I forget, put the music down just a little bit. Because I forgot to say, I want to not get to walk down the street and say, oh, I forgot it. We be sponsored. By who? By Organic Valley what? Family of Farms, Organic Valley Family of Farms. Check out the milk, the eggs, the butter. I just talked, turned to talk to George. They got plenty of milk, so they're going to have plenty of butter, cheese. That's right. All organic 
a cooperative of family farmers supporting the families who uh, want to do right by the land, by the animals, and uh, the generations now and to come. And it could for and oddly enough, that includes us right here at Mutiny Radio here at the Common Thread Collective. Is that right? That's right. There are underlying sponsors, like I say, in NPR. NPR is more and more sponsored by some of my own. But anyway. got a special message just delivered delivered another 50th anniversary of the summer of love a gathering of the vibes oh this is no july 4th 2017 golden gate park mark's meadow speedway meadow hippie hill oh this is uh, somebody imagines a huge event well time hotel at all three places all day come as you are Share, come as you are, share. We don't know, no, need no stinking permits. Our freedom to assemble. This is just the thing we we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Music, food, flowers, you. And here's the old hippie. This is an old hippie slogan that they revived. Anyway, may the baby Jesus close your mouth. And, and open your mind. And open your mind. So that's going to be the 4th of July. And I see from the paper that... Can I see where that is, Dave? One more thing to read. Uh, an All-Species Day to play. That was really started by Peter Berg and Judy, the All-Species Day, way back then. Time to get to know one another again to stop war and stuff. <laughs> nice. So that's at Mark's Meadows, Speedway Meadows, and Hippie Hill, July oh 4th. Golden Gate Park. Casting a wide net. Gathering of the vibes. It's a gathering. Well, they'll be doing a circle. I hope they do a circle because we'll be. Thank you, Global Val. Thank you, Diamond Dave. This is Mr. Blood Flower on the piano. Let's read some J. Krishnamurti. Whether one is a Catholic or a Muslim, or Hindu, or a communist, the propaganda of a hundred, two hundred, or five thousand years is part of this verbal structure of images 
which goes to make up your consciousness. We are conditioned by what we eat, by the economic pressures, by the culture and society in which we live. We are that culture. We are that society. Merely to revolt against it is to revolt against ourselves. If you rebel against yourself, not knowing what you are, your rebellion is utterly wasted. But to be aware, without a condemnation, to be aware of what you are, such awareness brings an action which is entirely different from the action of a revolutionary, of a reformer. The man said, but sir, our, un our unconsciousness is the collective racial heritage and according to the analysis, this must be understood. The analysts say. I don't see why you give such importance to the unconscious. This is as trivial and shoddy as the conscious mind. And giving it importance only strengthens it. If you see, if you see its true worth, it drops away as a leaf in the autumn. We think certain things are important to keep and that others can be thrown away. War does produce certain peripheral improvements, but war itself is the greatest disaster for man. Intellect will in no way solve our human problems. Thought has tried in many, many ways to overcome and go beyond our agonies and anxieties. Thought has built the church, the savior, the guru. Thought has invented nationalities. Thought has divided the people and the nation into different communities, classes, at war with each other. Thought has separated man from man. And having brought anarchy and great sorrow, it then proceeds to invent a structure to bring people together. Whatever thought does must inevitably breed danger, anxiety to call oneself an Italian or an Indian or an American is surely insanity. It is the work of thought. The man said, but love is the answer to all this, isn't it? Again, you're off. Are you free from envy, ambition? Or are you merely using the word love to which thought has given a meaning? If thought has given a meaning to it, then it is not love. The word love is not love. No matter what you mean by that word. Thought is the past, the memory, the experience, the knowledge from which the response to every challenge comes. 
So this response is always inadequate, and hence there is conflict. But thought is always old. Thought can never be new. Modern art is the response of thought, the intellect. And though it pretends to be new, it is really as old, though not as beautiful, as the hills. It is the whole structure built by thought. As love, as God, as culture, as the ideology of the Politburo, which has to be totally denied for the new to be. The new cannot fit into the old pattern. You're really afraid to deny the old pattern completely. The man said, Yes, sir, we are afraid. For if we deny it, what is there left? With what do we replace it? This question is the outcome of thought, which sees the danger, and so is afraid, and wants to be assured that it will find something to replace the old. So again, you are caught in the net of thought. But, if factually, not verbally, intellectually, you denied the whole house of thought, then you might, perhaps, find the new, the new way of living, seeing, acting. Negation is the most positive action to negate the false, not knowing what is true, to negate the apparent truth in the false. And to negate the false as the false is the instant action of a mind that is free from thought. To see this flower with the image that thought has built about it is entirely different from seeing it without that image. Look, the relationship between the observer and the flower is the image which the observer has about the observed. And in this, there is a great distance between them. Hmm. When there is no image, the time interval ceases. Thank you so much, uh, James Ellis, for reading J. Krishnamurti and Bloodflower for playing piano, and all of our friends who have been here today with us on the Common Thread Collective, um, Jack Mellander, Marco Harps, Agency, the Library Lady, Richard Sandorell, Rainbow, Judy Berg, Gabby Schneider, Glenn Havlon and uh, 
and all the good folks out there listening. Really appreciate you um, listening to the show and being a part of the Common Thread Collective, whether you be near or far. Uh, we are all connected. And uh, the bond is love and the pursuit is positivity and human excellence and connectivity working towards a better world that's what we're all about here on the common thread collective um i'm global val hope to see you out at map tomorrow tomorrow evening map m-a-p-p-s-f dot com uh, the mission arts and performance project and uh yeah so such such a beautiful day happy to be back here it's the beginning of summer june 2nd and I want to send love out to uh, everyone who really needs it. And we all do, but some, some, sometimes call for a little bit more. So if you're having a hard time, if you're suffering from sorrow, if you're um, hurt and confused, um, just know that love is out there for you. Uh, the vibrations are coming at you. So I uh, we'll hope you reach out and feel it in the air. Uh, peace to you all, and uh, we'll see you again, same time, same place, next week uh, with more music, poetry, community, activism, and uh, fun events to announce. So, um, happy to be here. Also, if you like what you hear on Mutiny Radio, you can donate directly to our community station. Just check up, click on the Donate Here link right on mutinyradio.fm. And we'd love your support so we can keep this ship afloat.
on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics, it's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. 
<laughs> Top three cooking tips. One, if you're cutting an onion, remember to cry. Two, put mustard on your marshmallows after they've finished boiling in vinegar at a low temperature. Three, knives are not spoons. Well, I say, because it's in town, it's time for a train ride. The best circus town train rides are the dependable ones that'll depart and arrive on time. The ones that'll take you from clown to trapeze quad to elephant, see? But come on the train with the circus promise. It's intense. Hey there, fire chief. What you doing here with that old jalopy? Looking laid back with that jazz cigarette. Oh, I'd send you a telegram. If I didn't have to stop, drop, and roll me one of those now, would you, dear? Oh, yeah. I like your style, kid. Why don't we let the butter on the toast melt? If you know what I mean, and I know that you do. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> this is Tusser Matos with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you gonna work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. 
I count on my tips and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. Man, you should go to johnstrausslaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket. Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. And it's not business, it's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com The Night Space brings you High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Storytime Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. Sunday, June 11th at Cobb's Comedy Club, 7.30 p.m. Tickets are $16 for the All-State Heavyweight Comedy Showdown! Hosted by Terry Dorsey, featuring some of the best comedians all over California. From San Francisco, Pam Benjamin. From Saratoga, Joey Avery. And all the way out of San Diego, Mike DeVore. Other comedians as well for only $16 at Cobb's Comedy Club, 915 Columbus Avenue. Go get your tickets for June 11th now. Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the Edge of Insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh. Kit Marie. Brandon Ray. And Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now.
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I 